Thrill Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Hey, welcome into another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. Let's get into it, talking news and notes in the entertainment world, and we're going to get into a Black Panther review as well. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is out in theaters. I will give a non-spoiler review because you can go to the Thrill Me Podcast YouTube page and actually check out the spoiler review conversation that Zach from Improper Guidance Review It Rob from the Review It Rob show and myself had regarding this film. But that's going to be coming up a little bit later on, my non-spoiler review. But again, you can go to the YouTube page. By the time you listen to this, it should be out. If it's not, it's coming. So, you know, I don't know when you're listening to this. If you're listening to this right away, we haven't recorded it yet. If you're listening to this, like, on Friday, go check out the YouTube page, okay? But there are some things to get to before we do talk non-spoiler Black Panther, of course. And one of them actually involves an Avenger. And that is People Magazine's Sexiest Man of the Year, Chris Evans. And a really interesting story that came out. Janet Kramer actually shared something super embarrassing that happened. Apparently back in the day, about a decade ago, before Chris Evans was People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive, and also before he was even Captain America. The two of them, she shared the story on her podcast. Allegedly, the two of them uh, went on a couple dates, and she got ghosted by Chris Evans, and the story she revealed of why she got ghosted and why she believed she blew her chance with pre-Captain America, because they never really did anything, they just went on a few dates, was... There was one night she went out, she had dinner, went to hang out with Chris and a couple of his buddies at his place, was super tired, was like, I'm going to go to bed, went, used the bathroom, and Chris used it right after her, but she said that at dinner that night she had asparagus, and after he used the bathroom after her, that's when she never heard from Chris Evans ever again, and it's because of asparagus pee. So... Apparently, Chris Evans doesn't like a woman that enjoys her asparagus, and I get it. I'm not a big asparagus fan either. Uh, She did also reveal that she did slide into his DMs recently, but we found out that Chris has actually been dating another actress, a 25-year-old actress. Uh, I forgot her name, but they've been together for over a year, quietly dating and super happy and in love. So, yay, good for them. Uh, Some other news and notes to get to. If you are a fan of professional sports, and even if you're not a fan of professional sports, this is something that you'll probably be tuning into on the TBS network. UFC boss Dana White is bringing his new Power Slap League to TBS in January. So all this is is exactly what it sounds like. Two people are going to stand toe-to-toe, take turns slapping the bejesus out of each other. They're going to keep doing it until someone gets knocked out. Or if that doesn't happen, there's going to be a point system. And after a certain number of rounds, they'll tally up the votes. And that scoring is going to be based on a striker's effectiveness, along with the defender's reaction and recovery time. 
I feel like this is a throwaway Hollywood movie. Like somebody saw over the top and was like, you know what we should do next? Professional slapping league. And somebody slapped that executive. But here we are, Dana White bringing this to TBS. And yeah, I'm going to definitely be tuning in to see that. Kevin Smith, he teased a little bit this week that there is not just going to be a sequel to one of his movies, but there is going to be a sequel to Red State with Red State 2. He talked recently about how there's a lot of different ways that and stories that they could tell from that, that it's kind of a film concept that opens the door to telling multiple different versions of that story. And yeah, I agree. If you've never seen Red State... It is, holy crap, one of Kevin Smith's, like, if we sit here and we want to break down Kevin Smith's film career, you know, cop-out yoga hosers are going to be at the bottom too. Red State might be one of his top five best films. I, you know, you ha- we'd have to sit here and do a full breakdown, but really, it is one of the best. You know, Clerks, Dogma, Chasing Amy... But Red State is right up there with when he made a transition from typical Kevin Smith films and dipped his toes into, I I hate calling it a horror film because it's not a traditional horror film, but dipped his toes into more of a suspense and a thriller. Yeah, he really knocked it out of the park and, you know, he got a Tarantino regular to be a star, Goodman as well as in it, like... He cast that film brilliantly as well with Kevin Smith dialect. So I love the idea of a Red State too. Uh, really, honestly, if you haven't seen Red State, go see Red State. See Red State, man. It's a great film. Also right now on Disney+, Plus, you can see Daryl Hannah's ass in Splash. Yeah, that's news. Uh, a while back, Disney+, Plus had censored the scene in Splash where... Daryl Hannah's nude butt crack can be seen as she runs into the ocean. They had put a CGI hair over the booty, but now, due to the parental guidelines and the parental lock features on Disney+, Plus, you can watch Splash with Daryl Hannah's ass. That's like an Eminem rap and rhyme right there, so you're welcome. You can watch Splash with Daryl Hannah's ass. Mom Spaghetti. Uh. Trailer dropped as well. The Magic Mike 3 trailer is out. Magic Mike's last dance. Looks great. Gotta say. Very much dug it. There's a nice callback in the trailer as well. I I thought it looked very entertaining. And it comes out perfectly in time for Valentine's Day weekend. Really Super Bowl weekend. Because Super Bowl and Valentine's Day all fall right around the same time again this year. If you remember last year, the Super Bowl uh, literally fell on Valentine's Day weekend. Like, oh God, that was a nightmare. I'm trying to plan those things. And then COVID struck our household. That was fun. But yeah, the Magic Mike 3 trailer came out. Channing Tatum's back. Uh, Selma Hayek is his wealthy handler, it looks like, this time. I mean, sure. But he takes the show over to London, and again, just looks super fun what they showed. I'm I'm intrigued by it. I'm curious where this 
trilogy goes, how they complete it, and what happens here. And yeah, I really, I dug it, and I'm excited for it. And I'm happy it's getting a theatrical release as well. I I, I really am happy for that, because originally this was slated for HBO Max, and then when the whole merger between Discovery and HBO happened, the focus was no more HBO Max movies we're going to release them in theaters although this weekend you can watch a christmas story christmas on hbo max so yeah that one apparently wasn't good enough for a theatrical release but also wasn't bad enough to get canceled so that's saying something right i'm stoked though that's coming february one of the first films i can say is going to be on my 2023 hype list of films i am excited for in 2023 Magic Mike's Last Dance is absolutely on that list. All right, this is kind of going to be a short week. We're going to get into the review now. Uh, There really wasn't a lot of news out there that was truly popping and all that good stuff. And yes, I did just say truly popping. Welcome to my show. Uh, So let's get into it. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Again, this is the non-spoiler review. You can go and check out... uh, I'm assuming tomorrow is when Zach will post it on the YouTube page, Domi Podcast Network, but if you just go click the subscribe button right now on that YouTube page, you will be notified when that video drops, and it'll be Review It Rob, Zach, myself, spoiling Black Panther, so you don't have to worry about the spoilers now. We're going to non-spoil this thing, but let's get into it. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is out in theaters, and does it hold up? Is it a worthy successor, and does it honor Chadwick Boseman? Those are the questions, and the answer to those are yes and yes. This is a movie that is very heavily weighed by the passing of Chadwick Boseman. There is no doubt about that, and everybody was curious how they would handle that passing, and this film does a really good job at handling the passing of its lead character of King T'Challa. It is another gorgeous adventure from Ryan Coogler and the gang. I truly think that this is just an absolutely beautifully shot film. There are some sequences, the underwater sequences in this movie are are really, honestly put, Aquaman to shame, in my opinion, which is crazy to say, but it really does. I just think it's a beautiful job. Sorry, Rob, don't come at me, but... It's true. I think that they really, this is just a gorgeous film from beginning to end. It's an emotional journey. They, they, you know, they come right out and handle the situation that they need to with T'Challa and Chadwick Boseman and and are able to craft a a well-told story that deals with the idea of grief, the idea of moving forward, the idea of one's journey, family, friendship. There was a lot of different themes happening, all while introducing a brand new character as well in this movie and and doing a good job at incorporating them. Now, I say a good job because, you know, there there was a little bit of it that I thought pacing-wise was, was a little off, but I think also that does play into who goes on that journey Because at that moment, it becomes a little bit of a, oh, this feels like this is the reworked portion of the original script 
and now insert certain character here to take on the part of King T'Challa in this moment. So, so there was some of that to the film that I felt unfortunately was a bit of a hindrance. And I hate to say that that's a hindrance because there's nothing that they can do, but it is just that thought process of, Oh, this sequence here between these two characters. Yeah. This character's here, but this is, and it was just reworked from the, like just had that feeling at some points. But again, I'm not holding that against this movie at all. I think that this could be argued as the best phase for Marvel film. It's definitely the best Marvel film of 2022. Uh, hands down is the best Marvel film of 2022. But yeah, I think you could argue this as being maybe the best film of the Phase 4 films. There could be an argument for Spider-Man No Way Home, but my counter-argument to that would be that Spider-Man No Way Home also does succeed very heavily on our nostalgia, our love of certain actors portraying certain roles that got to come back and play in the MCU sandbox once again, as opposed to getting their own sequel. So I think a lot of that, that would be a big portion of the argument because that's a lot of the, that I will admit that is a lot of the reason that plays into my love of that film. But I recognize my love of that film comes from the nostalgia of Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Alfred Molina, you know, William Dafoe, Jamie Foxx, you know, the list goes on and on of people that we have seen portray those characters in some form of a Spider-Man universe getting to be in the MCU with, hands down, the best young version of Spider-Man. I don't want to say the best version because I am more of a Tobey guy, but one of the best Spider-Man we've got. You know, all three of them have been great. Honestly, the argument of who's the best, I get that we do those things for clicks, for likes, and all that stuff, but really, hands down, all three of them brought something really good to what their franchises had, and Tom Holland is the perfect MCU Spider-Man. There's nobody else that could pull off. You can't put Tobey Maguire in the MCU. You can't put Andrew Garfield in the MCU. I mean, you did, but their version of it would not sustain the way that Tom Holland has brought that character to life in the MCU. I just can't see those actors opposite the Robert Downey Jr. the way that Tom Holland brought that youthfulness to it. So that would be my argument against it. That would be, and also the fact that Black Panther is its own original sequel that does not need to rely on any form of hey, remember the thing that we did for you back in 2004? It, 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 because there, there's only been one prior to this. There, there's only been one Black Panther, and, and honestly, this film had to deal with the loss of that Black Panther. So, I, you know, that would be my argument to why I feel, a, a big portion of my argument to why I feel that this is the best of the MCU Phase 4 is that it's able to tell its own sequel story and really handle such a drastic, crazy real-life situation that brings about, and that's the other thing too, brings about a real sense of sadness in this film. And when the grief portion of this movie is being handled, it shows. It's it's no longer acting. You can tell 
how hurt these humans portraying these characters are. You can tell the loss is really heavy and really there, and it enhances the scene for the characters, but it's because of real loss behind the scenes. It's because of real tragedy and real sadness. So this film really does succeed. It also succeeds in my eyes of progressing forward, maybe the more straightforward version of the Phase 4 plans and what's to come. I mean, this film actually does address certain places where we left our characters at the end of the first film. You know, the world is aware of Wakanda's powers and is aware of Wakanda technology. So what is the world capable of doing and what will they do to get that form of technology? You know, there that to me did a good job of setting up certain aspects of phase of where we're going beyond phase four, which came to a conclusion with this film as well, mind you. Also, another certain character that we have seen throughout television shows and movies as well, returning in this film, we get a better understanding of that character and where they're going as well in the next phase of things. I really felt that this one did a good job at leaving the breadcrumbs as opposed to some of the other ones that have been a little more not so clear on where we're going outside of, well, we're getting younger versions of characters, you know? We're getting a a young version of this character, a young version of this character, a young version of this character. That's been clear from the get-go. But the more so overarching aspect of things... I felt that this film did a good job at laying out and and I had a, you know, I'm still confused as to where the hell it's all going. I know that we're getting to Kang at some point with Ant-Man and that's probably going to be the one that really lays out more so of here's where it's going because we're not at the, here's here's a shiny Infinity Stone in every film that's going to connect these movies anymore. The overarching connections are the smaller things, are the certain characters that we have witnessed doing things over the course of different shows and movies that it's becoming clearer where their intentions are and where they lie and where certain things might go with that. You know, instead of like, oh yeah, there's love. We get it. Oh yeah, there's young Hawkeye now. Kate Bishop. Yeah, we we know that's where they're going. We know a young Avengers is coming at some point. So I liked this film a lot. I really did. I think it is well handled. I I think it is uh, emotionally uh, just really bring your tissues for this one. It's going to be hard to get through. The opening sequence was really hard. Uh, There's one mid-credit scene to this, nothing after that. And when you see the mid-credit scene, you will understand why there's nothing after that as well. And again, a mid-credit scene that does set up a future as well uh, within the overarching MCU. So yeah, this is really just a a wonderful film. I really enjoyed this one. I cannot wait to go back and see it again. I will go back and see it again for sure. Uh, I really like what Ryan Coogler and the team came up with. And I look forward to the continuing Black Panther adventures and where they go from here and, and where these characters advance to. And what comes next in phase five of the MCU? I, I think this is, I really do. I think this was a great conclusion to the phase four for them. Uh, it it might've been a little kind of wonky without being as clear cut of where we're heading because we don't have, you know, there's there was no Avengers at the end of this phase. 
we've been spoiled since the beginning. Every every phase at some point we had some big mashup film that we knew we were building up to. Phase four has been a lot of the groundwork on top of all of that, where we're building a new light, we're, we're, we're essentially building a new, a new building, not just a new story to the layer. We're building a new building at this point. And it's been a lot of moving parts of introducing characters while having those returning characters as well that we know, but this house is being built. I'm excited for phase five. I'm looking forward to what comes next in the Marvel universe, but yeah, I really do think that this was a good conclusion to what they did in phase four uh so you know we can have that discussion and maybe you'll hear me and zach have that discussion as well as uh, we will be ranking all of the marvel films so get ready for that controversy baby thank you all for hanging out this week again go like the throw me podcast network youtube Definitely going to dive deeper into Black Panther Wakanda forever. Going to get into spoilers. There are a lot of things that I really wanted to talk about that obviously I can't because it would be spoiler heavy. So we will get into all those things that I know you want to talk about. Like the opening sequence. Like certain cameos. Like that huge twist at the end of Act 2 that pushes certain characters into our third act of the film. Those things will all be discussed on the Thrill Me Podcast Network's YouTube page. So go and like that and subscribe to that. Also, like us on the Instagram, the TikTok, and the Facebook. And go check out the other portion, the the one show that has its own thing outside of Throw Me Podcast Network, and that is the Haunters Podcast Instagram page. Go like that for all your spooky things. There's stuff going on with some of our friends at Red Vane, and I don't know why I became William Shatner, but you can go find out what's happening there as well as things with our buddies at Frightmare. So that's where you can keep up with all your spooky needs this offseason. Bye, everybody. Peace and love.